What's up, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of Tide Talk Live. Stacy Blackwood joined as always by my good buddy Jake was on Tuesday evening. Uh, Jake, uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on over the last few days. A scrimmage happened, the final scrimmage of fall camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the team is going to shift their focus, you know, kind of into game week mode. But as we as we kind of wrap up the fall camp portion of of the preseason, Jake. Uh, uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about the scrimmage, uh, some certain position battles, and uh, then then at the end of the show, we're going to get to your bowl predictions, which is something we do before every single season here on our show. So, uh, uh, first of all, Jake, h- how are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, been a hot one in Alabama the last couple of days, and it's only going to get hotter. So, you know, just, uh, just want to tell everybody, you know, make sure you drink plenty of water, drink plenty of liquids, don't sit out in the heat too long. Because, uh, you know, heat, heat exhaustion, heat, stroke, all that is a real thing. And it's a silent ki- – it's not really a silent killer. But, I mean, if you don't realize that you're that you're having a heat stroke, it could potentially turn fatal. So, everybody stay alert this week and uh, drink plenty of liquids and get in the shade when, when possible. Yeah, for sure. That is <laughs> – it's dangerously hot here in Alabama right now. So, and it's just going to get worse the rest of this week. But – uh but yeah, uh, a lot to kind of unpack here on this Tuesday evening, Jake. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, the scrimmage happened this past Saturday. Uh, and now today on Tuesday, uh, the team kind of shifts their focus to, you know, almost game week mode. They're not quite ready for game week because that won't happen until, you know, Sunday or Monday. But mm-hmm. uh, fall camp is officially over now that, that school is back in session. I think it's officially back in session on Wednesday. So, um But the scrimmage on Saturday, uh, you know, we're not going to regurgitate everything that's been talked about over the past few days. Uh, You know, with the with social media and message boards and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything right now, you know, everybody gets all the information they need instantaneously. So some of it true, some of it not, some of it exaggerated. Uh, So uh, we're just going to kind of unpack a few unpack a few things, what, what we know happened at the scrimmage and what we've come to understand. Uh, from Saturday scrimmage, and I think obviously the biggest thing is the quarterbacks, Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, there continues to not be really any separation uh, among the quarterbacks, but you know, all things considered, all the all inclinations are that that Jalen Milrow is, while officially not QB one, he's likely to be the guy who gets the first snap against Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I agree, Stacy. And you know, I, I'm a Milrow guy, but but I've also been a guy who said, you know. I, I'm going to get behind whoever the, the quarterback is. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for the opportunity for, for Jalen. But, again, like, like you said, Stacey, there's been no separation really in fall camp. And that's kind of kind of concerning because I wish somebody would have stepped up and taken, taken the reins and be like, okay, this is my team and you're going to rally behind me and, and then let's roll. But we still kind of have this uncertainty at quarterback – like you said, Milrow is not officially, you say, QB1, but he is probably going to be the starter going into the Middle Tennessee State game. There's still ample opportunity for Buckner, Ty Simpson, and possibly Lonigan to to make that next step and be QB1 throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still an open competition. And you mentioned how, and everybody's talked about this, how there hasn't been any separation and, and people are concerned about it. And on one hand – I get that you in a perfect situation, you want somebody to, to make separation or create separation. But, you know, if if I, I want to pose this to you because and I'm not saying this is the case, but I, I don't think any of the quarterbacks are playing poorly right now. I right. think all the quarterbacks are playing, you know, pretty well and they just can't decide which one they're going to go with long term. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll pose it to you this way. Let's say. You know, Bryce Young and Tua Tungavaloa happen to be in the same recruiting class. They show up at the same time. Mm. and But, okay, but, but you can't use what you already know about them. They're two right. freshmen who's never played before. And, you know, we're here uh, a week before the first game, and Coach Saban's saying, well, there's no separation. Well, everybody would be panicking. But what you don't know is both guys are good. Right. So, I mean, so just because there's not separation doesn't mean that the guys are playing badly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's it's actually says the opposite. I think all the guys are playing good enough to be the starter. 
So they don't know who the, who to go with yet. And with Milrow being the elder statesman, the guy who's been in the program the longest, uh, the guy who backed up Bryce Young last year, the guy who got the snaps with the ones in the spring, the guy who got the snaps all throughout fall camp with the ones, the guy who is, you know, throughout the scrimmages only scrimmaged with the first team offense. I think it's obvious, even though Coach Seven has not said it, that that right now Miro is the guy, even if it is just because he's been in the program longer than the other other players. Yeah, I agree, Stacy. And and kind of going off of what you said. You know, it's kind of a good. You know, we're, saying, we're maybe looking at it this the wrong way, saying it's a bad problem, but in, in hindsight, it's really a good problem that you have four capable guys at the coaching coaching staff uh, trust that can lead the team to victory each and every week. So, trying to find that the one who separates himself that that's what they're trying to figure out. And and I mean, I see it as a as a golden opportunity uh, to have four quarterbacks that that they trust that can lead the team each and every week. Well, and, and look, all, all it takes is a guy to get in the game, whether it's Milrow right off the bat against Middle Tennessee State or Ty or Buckner or, or maybe even perhaps, you know, the, the freshman Dylan Lonergan. Mm-hmm. All it takes is for that guy to, when he when he gets on the field, to to make the statement that this is my team. Right. And 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 I, I, I for one, am comfortable – that Alabama can win a ton of football games with any of those guys. Mm-hmm. That we've talked about that a lot on this show about how I think the team around the quarterback position mm-hmm. is better than what it's been the last couple of seasons. Bryce Young has really carried the team over the past couple of years, especially last year in 2022. You know, in 2021, at least he had Mechie and and uh, Jamison Williams to, to kind of throw the ball to when, when he was under duress. And last year, you know, it was kind of a receiver by committee approach and. And the offensive line, you know, even though it was better than 2021, it still was not up to that Alabama standard. So, and the running game was not quite to that Alabama standard. So Bryce had to kind of cover up a lot of deficiencies that the rest of the offense had. I think around the quarterback entering this season, and that includes the defense, is is a little bit better than what it's been over the past couple of seasons. And I think that that means that the quarterback, you have a little more wiggle room in, in what you need from your quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Stacey. And, uh, you know, another thing that that's been, you know, we have seen that's that's been kind of concerning is all the drops. But again, if you if you have two or three quarterbacks playing with the ones, you can't get that. You can't get that that uh, what you call it, like feel of the game as as a wide receiver with that quarterback, because. You know, one has a different throw motion and, and and he may know where you're going to be at. And the next guy, you've kind of got to leave him, lead him to that spot. And he may not know that. So, you know, the, don't really look at the wide receivers as a drops as a as a negative either, because I think once we do establish who the quarterback's going to be for the remainder of the season, the time is going to get down. And I believe the drops are going to going to be a non-issue. Yeah, I, the, I mean, I would say I would be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, slightly concerned about the droughts, but I'm not really worried about it because right. look, Jermaine Burton, Jacoby Brooks, they're proving guys, mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of the guys are young players who are really, you know, acclimating to the college game, and I, I'm I'm confident in their abilities. They're all highly recruited kids. They're going to figure that out. I, I'm confident in that. Uh, and and one more thing I want to say about the quarterback position in particular, I have heard more than one Alabama fan complaining that Nick Saban is not named a starter, and then they bring up the fact that Hugh Freeze is named a starter and that Kirby oh Smart God. is named a starter. Okay, first of all, what does that have to do with Alabama? Why is that relevant to Alabama's quarterback competition? Right. <laughs> uh, Nick Saban, anytime there has been a quarterback competition at Alabama under Nick Saban, he has never named the starting quarterback ahead of the game, the first right. game. Never, not once. In fact, A.J. McCarron, 10 years later, as 12 years later, excuse me, mm-hmm. has not been named the starting quarterback for Alabama. If you guys remember <laughs> back in 2011, mm-hmm. it was between A.J. McCarron, a redshirt sophomore, and then a true freshman in Phillip Sims, or maybe he was a redshirt freshman, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It was between Phillip Sims and A.J. McCarron. Uh, Coach Saban never named a starter. Both guys played in that first game, and eventually A.J. McCarron just took over that job, won a couple national championships, and was you know a kick six away from playing for a third straight. So uh, mm-hmm. that's not the only one. Go back to yeah. you know Blake Sims and Jake Coker. You look at mm-hmm. Blake Barnett, Jalen Hurts, Cooper Bateman, all those guys. He's never named a starter entering a season where there was a quarterback battle. So I don't know 
why it, everybody thinks it's relevant just because Georgia and Auburn has named a starter, that Alabama all of a sudden has to – oh, God. I mean, do you think Nick Saban cares if Georgia or Auburn's named a starter? No. <laughs> do you think he even knows? Probably not. Okay. I bet he don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, th- it's totally irrelevant to Alabama. Yep. I mean, right. Georgia's not on. Georgia's not even on the schedule, and Auburn's not on the schedule to the eleventh game of the year, or the twelfth <laughs> yeah. game of the year. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, good grief! Like, I, I wish, I wish fans before, and I'm not, and I'm not. I, I hate to hammer on fans, and 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 it's not just fans; it's a lot of analysts too, um, uh, that are you know both around the, the SEC and and nationwide. I wish they'd do a little research and a little history lesson before they just spout it off. Right. Nick Saban, like I, I'll say it one more time for, for, for those in the back. Anytime Alabama has entered a season with a quarterback competition going on, Nick Saban has never named the starter right? Bef- before kickoff. Never. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why y'all everybody thinks this year will be magically different. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that was that's a little soapbox issue for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dude, it was you know it was pretty funny when you was naming all the accolades that that Adrian McCarron had, and after after you said that, I was thinking, and the rest is history because it is. I mean, what happened is is in lives in history now. So, uh, we got some comments already. Mamba says, "Can't wait, Road Tide." Bob said, "Road Tide, roll." Rich Early, Road Tide from Rome, Georgia. So, boy, he's in, he's in. Uh, you know, kind kind of in. Uh, He's surrounded by the yeah, enemies. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, keep, thanks for keep, joining everybody. Yeah, keep uh, keep that road tie faith in there in Rome, and maybe we convert some people. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the quarterback competition. I, I mean, look, I, I felt the same way about it. You know, since Bryce Young announced he was leaving for the draft, uh, you know, I thought it was likely that that it was probably going to be Milro to begin the season. And then eventually, you know, maybe Ty Simpson or somebody else could t- could potentially take over. But uh, right now, you got to roll with Jalen Milrow because he's the guy who has been number one all throughout spring and all throughout fall. So uh, he, he's a guy that 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 I think has a lot of potential and a ton of upside because of his ability to to run and move the chains with his legs. If he can just be a consistent passer, both in the intermediate and the and the you know, the, the play-action passing game where he's taking a deep shot, if he can be consistent in that area of his game and just take care of the football, he will be more than capable of leading this Alabama offense. And uh, I think we might have lost Jake, uh, but we'll carry on for a minute. Um, yeah, let's keep uh, – Rich Rich says tied for life. Uh, awesome, awesome. Um, we're going to work to get Jake back in on the show here in just a minute. Uh, both of us have had internet issues. Uh, it's been a common theme for us lately. We're we're hoping that that gets resolved here in the next week or so. But um, excited about uh, about the season. Of course, the scrimmage was is is a lot. That's what people want to talk about. But look, you got to take a scrimmage for what it is. It's 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 a glorified practice. Um, you know, there was some people in the stands, and you know, a lot of stuff got out on message boards and on Twitter and Facebook and and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, I think Coach Saban tells everybody more. Than, than what people think when he speaks. And I know a lot of concern is, excuse me, has been about their drops from the receivers. And um, like I mentioned just a minute ago, uh, and, and Jake brought up the point that, you know, they're, they're, they're receiving the ball from four different quarterbacks really at this moment. So, you know, every quarterback has a different arm angle. Every quarterback has a different release. So that ball gets to him differently every single time. I'm not making an excuse for him, but, you know, there's always a reason for something. So, uh, just keep that in mind when you hear about the drops. And like I mentioned, Corey Brooks, Jermaine, Jermaine Burton, they're, they're veteran players in the SEC who's, who have caught a bunch of passes in college football. And then, like I said, the, the, the rest of the players are young players who are really molding into what they're going to be here at the college level. And and I have all the confidence in those guys, and I think they're going to be really good players. And, uh, you know, they may not be that elite special top talent like, like we were used to seeing with, you know, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, but – they're, they're all really good players, and uh, I'm excited about that receiver room and the upside that it that it has. And as soon as we get Jake back in here, if he can get his internet uh, recovered, uh, we're going to look at the offensive line and 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 just really specifically that left side. You know, a lot has happened throughout fall camp. You know, it started out with Darren Dalcourt at left guard, then 
Terrence Ferguson took over at left guard. Elijah Pritchett and Caden Proctor were battling out for left tackle. Well, then Saturday's scrimmage rolls around, and you really kind of found this out early last week through some through some photos and videos that, that the program released, that uh, Tyler Booker has moved back to left guard. Uh, so now it's it's from, from left to right. It's Caden Proctor, Tyler Booker, Seth McLaughlin, uh, Darian Dalcourt, and the J.C. Latham at right tackle. So Booker has made that move to left guard, uh, probably to help out uh, Caden Proctor, the freshman, a little bit with his calls and his his assignments there on the left side. But, uh, you know, I, I think Terrence Ferguson is a guy who people were getting really excited about, maybe possibly starting there on the left side. He has worked exclusively at left guard or center in his time at Alabama. So I think it would be too big of a transition for him, you know, over the next 10 days to jump to the right side. But I think throughout the season, that's something to watch is for the possibility of either once Proctor is comfortable at left tackle, moving Booker back to right guard and inserting Terrence Ferguson at left guard, or maybe, you know, getting Ferguson some reps at, at right guard so he can eventually take over for Dalcourt, who I, I don't want to – I hate to to rain on the parade of Darian Dalcourt. I think he's a good player. I just don't think he has quite the upside or the physicality that a guy like Terrence Ferguson has. So I, I'm still watching for Terrence Ferguson before the end of the 2023 season to find a starting role or at least a good a, – a lot of reps there with the first-team offensive line uh, before the season's over with. I think we got Jake back. Uh, got to love that internet. Yeah. <laughs> got to love sorry Wi-Fi, about, buddy. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, man, I'm still waiting on flash fiber. Come on, Joe Weather, get that through my area real quick. Uh, no kidding. Okay, Jack. Yeah. I was just I I'd, I'd briefly while you were gone. I, I wrapped up the the, the quarterback con- conversation, and mm-hmm. I've kind of moved along to the offensive line. And uh, you know, Booker moved to left guard. Uh, Dayport's a right guard. Uh, as you look at this left side of the offensive line, Jake, with, with you know Caden Proctor at left tackle, Tyler Booker at left guard. How, how are you feeling about it? With you know, about ten days or so left before kickoff against Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited about this offensive line. You know, we've already we've talked about numerous times about the physicality coming back, uh, the the toughness, the meanness, uh, and and if if all signs point to to Proctor starting at left tackle, moving a, a you, I would call a leader, a veteran leader, even though he's still young, relatively, uh, Tyler Booker, it definitely help um, help solidify him, and at least he'll know his assignments. And, uh, and and get him right. And by the time, you know, Auburn comes around, you know, even late, later in the season, you will have a veteran left tackle there, even though he's a true freshman uh, at, at left tackle. So, uh, you know, it, it's great to to to, um, to see. I, I'm okay with Dalcourt starting. I, I feel like T. Ferg will be, will be probably at that right guard slot by the end of the year. Um, he I, He's another guy I feel like is, is just too talented and, and – eventually going to make his way into the starting lineup. Jake, I don't know if you noticed that Coach Smook is in the house. Good to <laughs> hey, have you, Coach, Coach Smook. Thanks Appreciate for joining Coach. us, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, you know, that's what I kind of mentioned the same thing, Jake, that uh, – <laughs> tell Jake to let, the, let, let get a dip off of him. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I talked about Ferguson a little bit, how he's he's worked exclusively at left guard and center mm-hmm. uh, in his time here at Alabama. So – uh, the transition to right guard probably a little bit too much over the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a possibility that he could be taking over either that right guard spot from Dalcourt before the season is, out, season is out, or there's a possibility that once Proctor is comfortable at left tackle, you know, they move Booker back to right guard and then right. put, put Ferguson in there at left guard. Because Ferguson is a mover. He is a body mover, especially mm-hmm. in the run game. And uh, I really think that he is a guy who's before the season's out is going to be, you know, player watch on that offensive line for Alabama. I think Alabama has, you know, six or seven guys on that offensive line who are capable starters. You know, if you include Terrence Ferguson and, and even an Elijah Pritchett there as that seventh guy, and then after that, Jake, you got some other freshmen that, uh, you know, in worst case scenario, they may have may have to play guys like Wilkin Formby, Miles mm-hmm. McVay, Oleus Allian. So there, there's some talent there. It's just a lot of young faces after this, those first six or seven guys. Yeah, I agree, and and I love coach uh, coach's uh, comment there. I think it's a thing of giving Dalcourt a chance to lose a job. Um, he is he is a veteran guy. He he's been in the program for a while, so you know 
I hate, you know, I hate to, to say this and, and you, you know, you talk about being a, being a weak link, but you know, I don't want to really count him as a weak link, but if you look at that offensive line, that his position is the weak link. It's, I mean, I just don't know if, if he's got the, if he can get mean enough, like we want him to be and how this, this offensive line is going to look going forward. I do know that Terrence Ferguson will be a mean guy and, and push people out of his way. I just don't know if Dalcourt can can get to that level. If he can, he's going to be really good, but I just don't see it. Well, look, D- Dalcourt is a guy who's – and Coach Smook makes a good point. He had a really good sophomore year. And, and look, he's mm-hmm. a guy the coaches have been high on since he arrived on campus. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to dismiss him too early or too easily right. because the dude can play. I mean – he, he if he starts against Middle Tennessee State, that will make three seasons in a row that he was a game one starter for Alabama on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So that that's saying something. So right. at, at a place like Alabama, so uh, I want to give Dalcourt his credit, and I. Mm-hmm. Please don't tell me I lost internet again. I don't know. Can y'all hear me? Uh, I'm all for him getting that first. Got it. I think that was mine that time. Oh, uh, this is this is bad. Anyway, so yeah, you're right, Stacey. I I want to give your dad Corey his credit because, like you said, he is a you know he's been in the program for a while and and he's been given ample opportunity you know to to be be a starter in this line and uh, in the offensive line. Um, one thing I, I do want to mention, um, I feel like Tifer can have the kind of season like Booker had last year. He didn't start, but in in the game, he he was in the in the game probably maybe after the second or third series. I think Booker come in after the second or third series and just played the rest of the game. I feel like Tifer can be that guy this year. Well, and you always need depth. Wor- right. I mean, worst case scenario for Ferk, he's the sixth guy. Uh, and and he still plays a ton of snaps, and he just gets ready to be a starter next year. That's you know, I mean that that that'd be good for for Dalcourt. Uh, and then the, then the fact that that Ferguson gets some reps in a reserve role, and you know if you're a sixth offensive lineman for Alabama, you're going to play a bunch of snaps. So uh, just be ready, Ferg, because he his his number could be called at any time. But yeah, uh, I. Coach Smook said, I just want Book and Latham on the same side. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, that's what that's what we would get. Um, and I think eventually we will probably see Booker make that move back to, to the right side simply because I think Proctor just needs a little bit of time to, to process and, and learn what he has to do in his assignments. And because we know the dude can block, it's just about doing his job. And, and that, that's a big piece of the puzzle of the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, Stacey, it's, it's good to have depth. So, you know, you feel like you need two or three offensive linemen ready to go just in case, you know, injuries do occur, God forbid. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, Jake, look, we we've, we talked about the quarterbacks, the offensive line. We we dabbled on the receivers. Um, anything defensively that, that you want to discuss before we get to your bold predictions? Uh, one thing that was coming out of scrimmage that that we had seen uh, and, and we had read about was uh, Tim Keenan being being you know one of the starters and uh, they uh, apparently uh, Otis that got put you know put out wide and Keenan was man in the middle so uh, I feel like that may be a bright spot if you know if he comes on uh, and then our second unit coming in with with Tim Smith uh, Latham uh, Payne potentially as well. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of people give the defense line a bad rap because I mean, they haven't been playing their best the last couple of years, but this, this defense line is talented. It's very talented. It has got to get it all together. And I feel like Otis is, is due a breakout season aboard, but we know what, we know what he can do when healthy, uh, Tim Keenan, I think is going to be going to be a great, great fit, uh, in the ones as well. So I'm excited about this defensive line. Then there's a lot riding on roads to get to get this group ready to go this year. So I feel like he's going to get them ready to go, and, and you're going to see a different defensive line uh, this year for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm with you on the defensive line about Tim Keenan. I think he was mm-hmm. 
you know, one of the risers from the scrimmage. I think another defensive player who kind of made noise was a guy like Jalen Key there in the back end of the mm -hmm. defense, uh, playing multiple spots, uh, most likely going to end up playing safety alongside Caleb Downs. Um, and and then Coach Smook wants to know about the inside linebackers. Oh, yeah. Jake, I'll let you go first. What's your take? What type of rotation do we see, if any rotation at all, with Marshall Campbell and Jefferson? You know, we, we have talked about it, Stacey. Um, this could be like a situational type deal uh, for the inside linebackers. Like maybe, um, you know, you, you would have Marshall going out, but like in a third third and long situation, you need some pass rushers to get to the quarterback. You may see Campbell go in. Um, so, and then of course Jefferson as well. He can get to the quarterback. He's just a, you know, he he finds a ball. And he's just a heat signal missile. So it's I feel like later in the year it's going to be very hard to keep him off the field. But Trez Marshall, I feel like is going to be a good fit with this team. Um, you know, we've seen some uh, out of fall camps. Uh, I think it might have been uh, the first scrimmage. He actually had an interception. So uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of good. You know, we know what, what Lawson can do. Lawson's going to be a stud inside linebacker. Who's going to spell him on, on his opposite side? That That's what we need to figure out. And we got three great guys there who can do it. So I'm not really worried about the inside linebackers. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the best. I think linebackers as a whole, if you include the inside and outside, mm -hmm. that's one of the strongest position groups on the team. Uh, you think about Deontay Lawson. I mean, I, 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 I'm not just saying this. He has all-American potential. Uh, I think a guy like Jihad Campbell is a player with maybe as much upside as anybody else on the team, regardless mm -hmm. of position. Uh, you look at Tresman Marshall, a veteran SEC player, uh, familiar with this scheme coming over from Georgia and Kirby Smart. So a guy who, who's going to know how to do his job and what's expected of him. And then you look at Justin Jefferson, a guy who is just an elite athlete, maybe not too big, but just an elite athlete. He's a guy who sees ball and gets ball. Mm -hmm. And and so I think there's room for all four of those guys to play if they take that by committee approach or a rotational, situational type thing. I would be comfortable with any of those four guys being on the field, but uh, I think that's one of the best position groups on the entire team. And I think Coach Steele and Coach Robert Ball are excited about what they yeah. have with those four players. And then, then you think about other guys on the team, like Sean Murphy, a young player who's still – developing and maturing uh, a guy that that could be a, a future star down the road as well. Uh, so I, I have high expectations for the inside linebackers in 2023. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see how this position and group uh, plays out. Uh, you know, all the inline, you know, linebackers, uh, you know, outside from Braswell, Turner, and, and then Lawson and whoever starts uh, at the other inside linebacker position. That's probably one of the best in the country, I, I feel like. And I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but – I mean, you got to say it is. I mean, it's it's really talented at, at those positions. Well, when you recruit like Alabama, it's not being a homer when you say they have some of the most talent in the country. I mean, it's right. a fact. Yeah, you're right about that. So, but, Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that group. They have a chance to be really, really good. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, hey, uh, got, Coach Smooks had a couple good questions. So if you have any questions before we get to Jake's bowl, uh, please let us know uh, if, if you're new to what we do here at Tide Talk Live. We uh, every year uh, before the season gets started, Jake Jake is all about <laughs> bold predictions and and kind of uh, a hot topic items and stuff like that. So uh, every year, Jake gives us a handful of bold predictions uh, before the seasons. I think I think you know when we were early on in our show, one of his biggest bold predictions would, was that Trey Sanders would win the Heisman. Uh, and then I think like the like the next week is when Trey Sanders had his first injury at Alabama. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully that bad mojo is gone, and uh, yeah. we can we can have some fun with this. But it's something we enjoy doing. Kind of a good, uh, and yeah. Uh, here's a question: Is Caleb down starting? Yes, he he yes. will be a starter. Yeah, and uh, Brock, Brock. Yeah, Brock also had a question. What kind of plays do you think Tommy will have for Milrow? It looks like he's going to start. I think the plays are for Milrow will be what the plays are for everybody else. Alabama has a, a certain system. Now he may he may call a few more runs for the quarterback than what he might for the other guys. But let's not forget those other quarterbacks are really athletic as well. I mean, you look at what Tyler Buckner did at Notre Dame. Uh, he ran all over South Carolina in that, in that bowl yeah, game. He did. Uh, but 
Ty Simpson's a great athlete. Dylan Long is a great athlete. So uh, I don't think it would be too much different, you know, for, for Hurts. I mean, for Hurts, for Milro, <laughs> right. than it would be. I wish we had Jalen Hurts this year. I wish we had right. this year's version of Jalen Hurts on this team. I don't think oh there would be gosh. anybody that could beat Alabama. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I don't. I don't want to get too lost in the in the chaos with who the quarterback is because Alabama's system is Alabama's systems. Sure, they may run two or three more quarterback design runs, maybe with Milro that they might not run for other guys, but. Those other guys are athletic too, so I think they'd want to feature that part of the game as well. Yeah, and great, Tommy Reese, great, great, oh, great question though. Yeah, and and I just want to alliterate that Tommy Reese even come in when he was at, you know, the one time he's allowed to speak to the media, they somebody kind of asked him about his system, and he said, "Why would I bring my system in that you know and change the way it's been run for the last you know twenty years, you know, or 15, 20, 18 years under Saban?" So, um, yeah, he he knows the system. He he's had to adapt to Alabama system, not Alabama having to adapt to Tommy Reese's system. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So uh, uh, let's see here. Glenn, Glenn's got a comment here. Okay. This is an interesting one. Cause mm -hmm. I, I was going to, I was fixing to ask you, Jake, and kind of ask everybody there in the chat. If I think we all know that Milrow is going to be QB one against middle Tennessee state, or at least take the first snap against middle mm -hmm. Tennessee state. Let's say, you know, pretty much I mean we're going to we're going to beat Middle Tennessee State. Um yeah. I, you know, I don't think Nick Saban watches the show, so this is not rat poison. <laughs> but uh if he does uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching Nick, thank you. Um yes. But now uh I think all the quarterbacks are most likely going to play in that game. Yeah. But okay, let's say Milro is obviously the first quarterback against Middle Tennessee State. But if Milro does not secure the job and you had to pick one of the other three quarterbacks that you think would be the starter for, you know, maybe not Texas or just for the remainder of the season after they decide to move on from Milrow, who would you go with? I think it has to be Ty Simpson. Just, just my honest opinion. I'm, I know Butner come in and he's fighting for a job and, you know, a lot of people is like, well, he come in for, you know, just to, I guess, a lot of fire under those two guys. But, I mean, he didn't come in not to not to win the job. So, you know, he wants to be the QB number one. I mean, when you're QB number one at Alabama, it gives you a lot of credibility, you know, in the NFL and, and, and the scouts and stuff because, I mean, it's Alabama. But I feel like out, out of what we have seen, Lonergan is coming on so strong, but he's still going to be a true freshman. And – Throwing throwing a true freshman out to Texas early on, I just I just don't think it's it's going to be great to do. So I feel like if Milro can't secure the job in Week One, you give Ty a chance. So at some point in the Texas game, if the team's struggling to move the ball, you got to change quarterbacks and get some kind of momentum. Hopefully, Ty is that guy because I feel like you said, Stacy, Ty is probably one of the most gifted throwers on the you know out of the quarterbacks and, um, and and he's also a great athlete. You know, a lot of people was talking about, you know, Milro is a guy who can run. Yeah, that's true. But Ty, wasn't he like a, the number one dual rated, you know, quarterback coming into college. So, I mean, he can run as well. So I don't think the the game plan will, will differ too much uh, between those two guys. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've said for a long time that I think eventually the, the job will be won by Ty Simpson. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to go back on that. I, I'm not saying, am I as confident in that as I was a few months back or even a month ago? Probably not, but I'm not much less confident in that, but I, I, I would, I can't sit here right now and I can't believe I'm even saying this, but um, I think Tyler Buckner has a better shot than what I originally gave him an opportunity yeah. for. Um, he he let he led a 90 plus yard touchdown drive in the scrimmage with the second team offense against the first team defense. Uh, you know uh, he didn't do anything spectacular from what from what what's been reported from the scrimmage uh, on that drive, but he just made the plays that were there. Right. And and when I think about what Alabama needs in a quarterback this year, it's make the plays that are there because everybody else around you is going to get their job done. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not saying it's going to be Tyler Buckner. I'm just saying right now, 
I can't believe I'm saying this because I never would have said this two weeks ago mm-hmm. um, or even maybe a week ago. But right now, I think I think Buckner has a better shot than what he did a couple weeks ago. I still think that that Simpson's probably slightly ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think Buckner has improved. I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's been with the guys a little bit longer now. He's he feels more comfortable, uh, you know, in the system and and with these particular players. So um, I, I I don't know. I, I think I think it would be Simpson if a, if they went with a different starter. Uh, in week two, but uh, with the way Buckner has improved throughout fall camp, uh, I wouldn't ride him off yet either. And and then you look at the, the young gunslinger, Dylan Lonergan, Jake. Uh, he's uh, he's a guy who I think is a future star. I mean, I, I really believe that. He's a future star. Whether it's at Alabama or somewhere else, I think the dude is going to be a star. Yeah, and I agree. What, what, whether he gets to play this year or not, we don't know. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll wait and find out. But uh, that dude's going to be a really special player for, for somebody. Hopefully it's Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Brock says he thinks all three quarterbacks will see snaps against Middle Tennessee. Probably all four of them probably, probably see a little bit. Uh, of well, I, there. I, I almost tend to agree with Brock. And sim- just, for this, just for this reason, because – if the other three three guys are playing well, do you really need to play a right. freshman? Not really. No, so I, I, agree. I, I don't. So, but I wouldn't be shocked to see four, all four guys. Yeah. Brock says, "Who starts against Texas week two? Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Milrow. Yeah, I'm gonna stick to Milrow. But like I said, if he if he starts if the offense is not not performing like it needs to, he's not making the plays. You may see Simpson come in uh, probably second half and uh, and hopefully take over that game. Uh, Mamba says the Texas game already makes me nervous. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I got a bold prediction for about that game. So, uh, well, shoot, let's yeah. just let let's just uh, unless anybody's got any more questions, and and y'all feel free to drop your bold predictions. Like I said, this is just kind of something fun we do to to pass the off season. I don't know about you, Jake. I'm so ready for September 2nd. Oh, my gosh. You know, we got football next uh, this weekend. So, you know, I know it's just Vanya, Hawaii, but I, I will watch that game on rerun just because it's football, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I've already got it re- uh, set to record. So, uh, you know, I- I'm excited. Hey, by, by the way, a little programming note here. Uh, we won't be doing a live show this Saturday morning because I have to work this weekend. So, um the next Saturday, September second, the first, the the real first Saturday of the college football season. Uh, make sure you are tuned in here for for a live show ahead of uh, ahead of that monstrous and glorious day of college yeah. football. And, and if your work makes you work that day, just call in. Sick. <laughs> oh, I will. I will not be working that day. <laughs> You've already told them I'm not working. And that day. and if I have to quit, I need y'all to send me some money. Yeah, I got right. I got I got bills to pay. That's right. So. Uh, you want me to go ahead and start start you know predictions? Yeah, all right. So we're we're gonna roll into Jake's bowl predictions for, for this year. Uh, how many you got, Jake? I got five. You got five. You gonna start at number five? Yeah. Work your way down. All yeah. right. Number five. What we got, Jake? Uh, these are SEC bowl predictions. Also got a couple Alabama ones too. But number five. Okay. Vandy wins seven games plus their bowl game and wins eight and has eight wins on the season. Whoa. Vandy eight wins on the season. That is bold. Well, Vandy having yeah. Vandy yeah. having any wins in the season is bold. <laughs> well, I, well, let me just say also I didn't put this in here, but but if Vandy does win eight eight games, they're gonna have a hard time keeping Clark Lee there. Oh, he, he's gone. He gone. Yeah, he gone. If he can take that Vandy team and, and win, I mean, that, think about this. That that school is so backwards. They started a stadium renovation two weeks before the season started. <laughs> I know it makes no sense. So that that's number five. That is like a ten out of ten on the boldness scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. B- Vanderbilt wins ten games. Uh, All right, what, they, what else you got, Jake? They get better. Uh, the first one for Alabama. Alabama will have. I, I did this because you know we talked about. I feel like we're going to run the ball a lot more this year. So I feel like Alabama will have two running backs over a thousand yards rushing. And another one with at least 750 yards at the end of the season. Jeez, my lord! <laughs> so, I, I mean, I I think they're all, I think it's all capable. I mean, I I, I want you. I'm looking up something. 
Uh, go ahead. Uh, I want you to re repeat that. Okay. Alabama will have two running backs over a thousand yards rushing, and another with at least seven hundred and fifty yards at the end of the year or in the season. Jeez. Okay. Uh, I'm going. Let me just look real quick, trying to figure out exactly. All right. Last season. Last season, Jake. Jameer Gibbs led the team with 926 yards rushing. Mm -hmm. Jace McClellan had 655. And the next close had 250, and that was Roydell Williams. Mm -hmm. So, not only did Alabama not have a 1,000-yard rusher, they didn't have mm -hmm. a guy that had – they only had one guy that eclipsed 750 yards. Mm -hmm. So, that is, that is a massive bold prediction there. But I yeah. wouldn't uh, – that, that is a uh, – man. I mean, I, I mean, you know what, what Justice Haynes can do. We, we've already talked about him exclusively. and We know what Jason McClellan can do. Jason can, can break an 80 to 85-yard run just like that. And if he does it every game, I mean, he's already getting closed, you know, just by, you know, by his season totals. So uh, – and then Jim Miller has come on so late, you know, last year – I think he's going to be a special part, and he's so quick and and so I guess he's like um he's hard hard to see coming through the line because he's so his his short stature, so he can he can bust a couple of plays as well. I feel like so I think that the two uh, Haynes and and um, uh, Jace will get will get to thousand yards, and then I think it'll be Jim Miller with a seven fifty. Man, that's nuts. And if Alabama has that, I don't see anybody's going to beat him anyway. If that happens, I'll get I'll get Tommy Reese his name tattooed on my arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, but, uh, that that, yeah. that is quite a bold. I, I'll say this: I do think we'll make a. I think it's obvious they're going to make a concentrated effort to be more physical team and and run the football. Uh, that would be a lot of rushing yards. I, I wouldn't be surprised though if if the top three rushers all had at least five hundred yards. Because right. I, I do think the distribution is going to be a little more uh, evenly spread out. Uh, and and I like this right here from what Richard's saying. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, 1,200 yards from Jam Miller. I, I'll wow. be honest with you. I, 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 I tend to lean, lean that Jam Miller will lead the team in, in, in rushing yards. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying rushing attempts. I'm saying rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Bross give, give uh, another good one as well. Yeah, my bold prediction is Malik Benson has over a thousand yards, and and my other's Caleb Downs becomes freshman All American. Yeah, uh, I would not doubt that one bit, especially that that second one, especially the second one. <laughs> exactly. Number three. All right. This is the SEC one. I feel like Arkansas is going to finish second in the West this year. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Let's. I'm. I'm going to bring up their schedule. Yeah. So you. Yeah. You got. Yeah, I mean KJ Jefferson's coming back. He's going to be healthy. I mean he's got he's probably top two, may you know top three at least in the SEC in quarterbacks. You know he's he's up there. And Rocket Sanders last year, I mean he tore a lot of people up on the ground. So they got a really good one-two punch there. Uh, you know they got some issues to work out on the defense because they gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points. Uh, but you know if if they if they put it all together, they're they're going to be a dangerous team. I feel like. Like I like Arkansas, I like Sam Pittman, but when they play at LSU, at Ole Miss, and at Alabama, that's three losses right there. I mean, yeah. Uh, then you think about the neutral site game with A and M. A and M is more talented than them. They got to play at Florida. Auburn's always tricky for those guys for some reason, and so Missouri. So, uh. While it, it has more to do with their schedule for me than 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 what Arkansas is as a team, their schedule is just so tough, Jake. It's so tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're right. So it, you know, like I said, these are bold predictions. I feel yeah. like may happen. So I mean, it's a bold yeah. prediction. So you know. I, okay, I, let's put it this way. I think it's. Per, I think you know, for the most part, Alabama and LSU are considered the favorites in the West. If Alabama, so. I, I know you already saying Arkansas finished second, but for mm -hmm. for the for the point of this question, if Alabama or LSU doesn't win the West, who wins it? Uh oh, okay, you're gonna put me on the spot. Um, and, and 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 don't yeah. be bold. I just want you to yeah. think. Who, yeah. Outside of Alabama or LSU, who would you pick? 
Uh, I would have to say Ole Miss just because of their offense. Okay. Yeah. I would probably go Ole Miss too, and yeah. but it's it's tight with with A and M because A and M's so talented, Jake. And I I know we pick yeah. on Jimbo and, and the Bobby Petrino hire, but uh, sooner or later talent will take over in some aspect, and mm-hmm. you know they they get to play Alabama in College Station this season, so uh, it gives them kind of a leg up. But uh, <laughs> Lennox says Auburn. Oh wow! <laughs> God, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Yeah, please not. Oh Lord, I hate to. I right, well, Auburn when they're down. <laughs> what are we on? Number two now. Number two. What's yeah, number prediction? two. This is uh, this is another bold one. Tennessee upsets Georgia and Knoxville in place for the SEC championship game. Wow. I mean, the reason I'm saying that is because honestly, and we we've picked on Georgia's schedule for so long. They they don't have really any tough matchups. I mean, it's like a cakewalk. The week before they play Ole Miss at home, I feel like Ole Miss is going to give them, you know, they're going to struggle a little while in that game. They'll probably take over. But playing a physical game like that, then having to go to Knox for the next week, I can, I smell upset there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say I'd be shocked because George, it's, it's been proven that Georgia struggles with, with a, uh, with a high flying offense, you know, with a really good quarterback, it's all going to depend on Joe Milton, Jake. If, if Joe Milton is, is, I mean, look, he obviously has a big time arm, but he, yep. can he be a consistent thrower of the football? I mean, right. we don't know for sure. I mean, I'm talking about throughout an entire season. So, mm-hmm. um, their schedule is so soft. Yeah, Lennox Len- is right. That schedule is so soft. I mean, it's, it's pathetic, but it's not, I mean, it's not really their fault. I mean, it kind of right. is. They schedule their non-conference opponents, but I mean, they play the same conference opponents every year. That's not. I mean, that's not their fault. Right. Yeah. This is a bad look for the East, being so down for the last several years. So, I mean, basically, it's it, it's been Georgia up until last season when Tennessee was good, and you know, and then Georgia got to host Tennessee. It was real rainy and wet the day that that they played there in Athens, so that really hindered the Tennessee offense because of the way they like to attack. Uh, opposing defenses, so um, Tennessee didn't really get a get the kind of opportunity they probably would have liked uh, had that game been at home for them, and it hadn't been right. raining. So, um, all right, I think we're down to your last one, Jake. This is the last one for Bama. This is my bold prediction for Alabama. Alabama's defense finishes top ten in overall defense, top five in turnovers. And holds every opponent at least at twenty points every game. I'm uh, so twenty. On, yeah, so 20, twenty points, points. Or less. Mm-hmm. So nobody scores over twenty. Yeah, I'm that high on this defense this year. Okay, well, I the first the first two. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they finished top ten with Pete Golden as a right. defense coordinator. So I would that's yeah. not shocking. Um. The turnovers though we haven't been in the top and turnovers in a long time it feels like. Um, twenty points. I mean, we play Texas, who returns ten of eleven starters on offense. Ten hey, of we, eleven. We had them the nineteen last year though. Yeah, their quarterback was hurt, Jake. I I, I don't. I just it's a different team this year. I'm I'm so high on this defense. They're, they're not a different team. They're a, they're 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 a, they're a better team. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not yeah. trying to ride the coattail of Texas, but Jake, yeah. that game would have been different last year. If, I mean, the the truth is the truth. That game would have been different if uh, Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. I'm not yeah. saying Alabama loses. I'm just saying the game would look a little different. Yeah, but our defense is a lot. More oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. The so. defense would be better mm-hmm. uh, if Alabama held Texas to 20 points in in week two. Um, that would be that would be the story. Of the early part of the season because and mm-hmm. ah man uh, yeah i mean if 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 alabama and, I, and I'm, I'm not i'm not saying texas would get a bunch more than 20 you know 24 right. to 27 is probably what i was i mean I, between 20 and 27 is what i was thinking for them so it's not too far off but just 20 or less Mm-hmm. That that would be that would be an incredible showing that early in the season against an offense that is returning ten of eleven starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only guy they lost was Robinson, the running back, who didn't do nothing yeah. against Alabama anyway. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who's a, what's some other high powered offense. You know, Ole Miss is a pretty solid offense, but um, you know, for some reason, Jackson Dart doesn't. I, I think Jackson Dart's a really good player, but for some reason, he doesn't threaten Alabama. I don't under. Right. You know, it's kind of one of those things that. Their offense is so much predicated on being able to establish a really good running game. And you saw late in that album Ole Miss game, especially in the second half, when they shut down Judkins, mm-hmm. Ole Miss Dart and Ole Miss really couldn't do much of anything offensively. So, yep. um, and then you think about Jaden Daniels. What was that final score last year? 32 31 or something like that. Yeah. Um, of course, that, that was with an overtime touchdown. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't guess that's too. Texas is the only one to me, really. That it's just so hard, and this. I mean, anybody's capable of getting hot against you. I mean, yeah. You know, I think back to like what Stephen Garcia did back in 2010. And, oh my God! You know, yeah. this those random guys who just mm-hmm. have their. You know, like the the guy from A and M a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Calzone. Calzone. Yeah. Yeah, Calzone. <laughs> Played the yeah. game of his life. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I mean that that's that's a really good prediction because I think it's possible, but it's probably not likely. But that's what makes it a bold prediction. Yeah, I mean we may give up on twenty one Texas and and this that that bold prediction don't stand, but it's yeah it's still you know I feel like getting I also I also said that because we get all of our tough games at home this year thankfully so yeah, besides A and M and Auburn so you know I I think. Brian Denny is going to be loud in all of those games, and and they could, you know, bring an offense to a screeching halt with with that with, that, with those rowdy fans going loud in all those games uh, for for a yeah, couple the, of downs. The, the big thing is getting a lot of these games at home. I mean, you get Texas at home, uh, Ole Miss at home, LSU at home, Tennessee at home. So that that definitely helps. Um, but man, what, what did we give up to Tennessee last year? Fifty two. Yeah. Because we couldn't stop Jalen I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Cut that by more than half, almost by two thirds. <laughs> yeah, but so, uh, certainly possible. It's it's to, it's totally different playing on the road. I mean, it yeah. really is. And said Kelly from that one year from Ole Miss. Yeah, I remember that. but you know Kelly was a pretty decent quarterback. When I think of Ole Miss quarterbacks that had a weird, that's Bo Wallace. Bo Wallace Bo. that one year over there in Oxford. Um, uh, I think about that. Um, there, there's been others as well, but it's just crazy how, like, once every two or three years, some random quarterback who's really not that good has a career day against Alabama and pulls off an upset. Yeah, that's right. But uh, you know, so. I, I, I'm gonna I, you, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jalen Hot's legit, and and yeah. for some reason we decided to put Demarco Helens on. I feel so bad for Demarco Helens. I know. Yeah, I do too. But we never got him any help that game at all. That's pathetic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I want to give a prediction. It's kind of been talking about the Texas game a lot. Um, but my prediction is is that Alabama beats them by double digits. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't even think it's as close as what the scoreboard will indicate at the end. I think it's going to look a lot like – what those old school Alabama beatdowns did. You know how Alabama used to open up with like Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, they're like in Dallas or something, and Alabama would win like, you know, 34 to 20 or something like that, or, you know, 38 to 21 or, you know, 34, 17 or something like that. And uh, it never really felt that close. Right. Like Alabama just hit him in the mouth for four quarters and, you know, you look up then the scoreboard and you're like, hey, it was it was that close. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how I feel like that game's gonna go. And um, I know I, I'm kind of talking out both sides of my mouth of that, but with your bold prediction about Texas, but mm-hmm. I, I I'm not gonna say I'd be shocked if we held them to 20 points or less, but I would be slightly surprised. I mean, when you return 10 of 11 starters on offense, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't help but be good. I, and I, you yeah. know, I don't care. Look what look what happened with Georgia and Ohio State. Look what Alabama did to Georgia in the SEC championship game. You, it's just you, you never know what can happen, but I really feel like Alabama's going to dominate. I don't want to say dominate. I feel like Alabama's going to take care of Texas. Yeah. Your your prediction is more like 42-24 type 
type deal, like a double Probably. Digit. Yeah, yeah. Th- 38, 24, mm-hmm. something like that. Right. Went by yeah. two touchdowns, and it really not even feel that close. Yeah, and Richard said that he his bold prediction is that, that uh, we beat everyone by 14, so at least 14. So I, I like that one too. Just, I, just win, baby. Like, yeah, I feel like there's a chip on this team this year for all the talk that's been talked about. I mean, you know, honestly, nobody's given Alabama a chance in the media. I know they put us like fourth in the – third or fourth in, in the AP poll, but, you know, I'd rather been like like top 20, you know, like and just have have that chip on the, on your shoulder to to play hard. And that's the biggest thing Saban's talked about year in, year out. You know, don't get complacent because once you become the number one team, there's a target on your back. And any slip up, and you're going to lose the game. Yeah. Well, and you know, Jake, uh, if Alabama comes out and takes care of Texas, you know, relatively easy, that whole week, oh. everybody's going to be back on the Saban bandwagon and the Alabama yeah. bandwagon again. Yeah. And uh, it's going to make me sick to my stomach. Yep. Yeah. Rat poison. So we'll have all that to talk <laughs> about. So, uh, yeah. Mama says, I want to see that Tennessee game with the tickets so expensive. I feel like, you know, I feel like if, the, if LSU comes into town and that's for the West title, those tickets are going to be way up there. So, All right, we're going to take one last question here before we wrap the show up, Jake. This is a good one. What do you yeah. guys believe are the weakest positions on offense and defense? His are the defensive line and the wide receivers. Uh, I would say that, to me, that that is the two weakest links and you know, yeah, I would I would agree with you, Richard. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, that's it's a relative term. Um, I don't think Alabama is bad in those areas, right? But they are the 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 weakest groups on the team. You know, we don't have a Jared Judy. We don't have a Devontae Smith at wide receiver. We don't have a Jamison Williams, but we have talent there to to. We just got to find a guy to step up and be a leader there. Like in third and long situations where we need a first down, he tells whoever the quarterback is, throw it to me, I'm going to be open, and I'm going to catch the ball and get us a first down. We got to have somebody to be a leader at, at wide receiver. And a defensive line, you know, you know, a lot of people talk bad about them, but I feel like the way, you know, Kevin Steele coaches defense – there's going to be a lot more impact with the defense line and to make some plays. And we talked about Stacy, uh, like a day, a lot of the linebackers got a lot of, of stats, you know, a lot of tackles, tackles for loss. And you got to get credit to that defense line for that because they're holding their blocks up to allow guys to get around the corner and to have a free rush on the quarterback. So if the defense linemen are doing their jobs, clogging holes, and taking up two or three blocks from the from the opposing offensive line, and allow a linebacker to get get and make a big play, then they're doing their job per se. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Real quick, gonna wrap. Texas fans talking smack. They're gonna beat us by twenty. I seen one Texas fan tweet today that Texas is gonna drop forty on Alabama. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Good luck with that. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll still win forty two forty if that's okay. I just no, but. Uh, we have four to six foot four wide receivers and are not confident D line is talented with thin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to wrap it up, guys. Thank you. We've been going about an hour. Thank you so much for watching. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the channel on YouTube um, and uh, hit that like, share, and subscribe. Jump in the comments if you're watching the the recorded version of this on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate all your inputs there. Uh, thanks to the live chat. A lot of fun tonight uh, mm-hmm. answering some questions and and kind of kind of getting ready for the season, Jake. You know, uh, tomorrow it'll be 10 days until kickoff, so I'm Ooh. looking forward to it. Cannot wait. Been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be back, uh, I don't know, here in a few days. We'll, we'll let you guys know. <laughs> yeah, but, but the live show will be back, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And we'll get you pumped up and, and preview the Middle Tennessee State game. We'll get you fired up, ready to play, because we're going to be fired up. And we'll be, we'll be wanting to play play as well. So uh, I wish we was in those uniforms. But, man, it's so fun I to talk don't, about that. I don't. I'd die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly fine watching from the couch. Yeah, me too, honestly. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back real soon. And until next time, roll tide. Roll tide.